was expecting that, but nope. I also wasn't. Nope, I'm already in here. You're going to have to work yeah, with I'm this. Yeah, I'm in here. I'm in here. I forgot to ask everyone. If my audio is all right, but okay, I guess. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Jarred. I do want to issue a disclaimer here. Wow, I'm fucking drunk. That's not the disclaimer, though. Uh, the disclaimer will be that I will be working on a refund for our patrons this month. Because I don't know if the other three of you realized what yes. the date yesterday was. Yes. You know I know. <laughs> I was aware. I know you know, Amber. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'll be issuing or I'll be working to issue refunds to our patrons for this month because we did we, not come through with the bonus episode. We fucked up. Uh, yep. We fucked up. I mean, you know, we fucked up. Yeah. yeah. We're human. So, shit happens. And previously in the past, we've we've done, you know, late releases or, you know, what have you. But this one was just human error, pretty hey, much. Dirty. So Baby, I got your money. Don't you worry. And, and even with the other uh, benefits that the tiers provide, I still feel like it would only be right to refund our patrons for this month. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, what else? Oh, can I say something at the top of the episode? Cause I don't want to forget. Say it. Free the nipple. <laughs> Wasn't going to do that. <laughs> All right. If we must. <laughs> um, this episode is going to premiere on mine and my husband's eight year wedding anniversary so Whoa. i want to say happy anniversary to my punty that's all and i love you and shit golly i cannot believe it's been that long it really has eight years i mean wow. how many evolutions and glow-ups have we gone through since then i mean my god quite a bit golly. quite a fucking bit because if you like, if you think about it, like by the time that me and Alan got married, you had already been living with us for like a little bit. And then it was like not long after we got married, you ventured like out into your own. And I felt like I was letting a child go. And then you became this badass bitch. <laughs> living with you was wild. Not because of you specifically, just because of my living conditions at that time. I. Like, really, all I remember from that time, mostly, is, for one, sitting on your back slab. I'm not even going to call it a porch, yeah. but your your yeah. back slab, smoking cigarettes and shit. Two, you and Alan going to bed at, like, 7 o'clock at night. We did not go to bed and at then, 7. <laughs> and then I would be left up all night. To my own devices. Watching. Okay. I specifically remember one of the things that I watched, like, was in the middle of the night at your house in your living room. I would stay up and watch, like, MTV. Right. And I watched the Miley Cyrus Robin Thicke <laughs> performance on the VMAs while eating your Pop-Tarts just at, like, 2 a.m. And I also... I relish that time because that's when I became somewhat of a Twitter celebrity. There you because go. Because as it turns out, like 3 and 4 a.m. tweets, they hit. Are They're really popping. They they are popping. 
Like, do you know? Do you I know what so I remember the most? Followers from my three to four a.m. tweets while living at your house, <laughs> dude. What I remember the most about you living with us is when, like, you finally got the courage to like leave your ex husband or whatever, and I was like, "Yeah, come stay with me. We have an extra room. I'll make room for you. I don't care." And then, like, like right the day before was when Alan got hurt at work. Oh, God, and you burned his moccasins in the fucking fire pit. Well, yeah, because I hated those fucking moccasins, and I will, they were, they were <laughs> Amber's got a real affinity for fire, you guys. <laughs> I burned them because they were horrible, and they fucking, uh, I, they had holes in them, he had them for years, but no, I just remember being like, yeah, you can move in, and then unexpectedly, my fiance gets hurt, and he has like this metal cage on the outside of his he leg. He could and I'm not like, walk. He couldn't walk. And so I'm right. like, yeah, you can move in, but can you also help me take care of my fiance? <laughs> <laughs> those those were like the glory days of me and Charles. Cause we were like we had just started dating. And I don't know if you remember Amber, but like there would be some nights where I would be like, man, like I'm really hungry. Like I want like, you know, this to eat for dinner or whatever this. And Charles would get off work and he would show up at your house with yeah. whatever like I had been craving or like wanted. And then we would hang out in my bedroom and we would watch Supernatural for like two or three hours straight. That oh, was, those, were, those were good days. That was fun until your father-in-law caught me and Charles fucking in the driveway, and then it I wasn't, wasn't going to so mention it unless you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that, shall we? Okay, we can, and I'll tell we you exactly what happened. We almost got the cops called on us. So, so for whatever reason, and this didn't make sense to me because my in-laws at the time lived almost on the same street as us, so Amber's I house on- had a fucking morgue in it, you guys. Okay, it did. It was a funeral parlor. It wasn't a morgue. It was a funeral parlor. But it was definitely, like, a room that you could host a funeral in. It was crazy. Like, it had antique furniture. We never went in that room. We maybe would have stored, like, a box or two in there, but you just avoided that room at all costs. Yeah. So, I'm on the last night of my anniversary, and I'm going to um, be spent a lot. I'm going to spill a lot on what I was doing, but I <laughs> was in the middle of having a sex. I was in the middle of some was just crazy last night of the honeymoon sex. Like it was great. And um, I, once we're done, I go back to my phone. I have so many missed phone calls and I have so many missed text messages. Mind you, I've left Jess and, like, Charles back to our house, like, at their disposal. They could do whatever the fuck they wanted. I didn't care. And they are all, like, calls and texts from Jess and from my father-in-law. Uh-oh. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, at, for, like my heart dropped because I'm like, they're about telling me that my house burned down. Like, something crazy. And, well, you know, all just you had at the of- time was Penny and Hank, too. So it was like... Uh, did something happen with the cat or the dog? Like, what's going on? It was crazy. So, I call my father-in-law first because, you know, Mm -hmm. that's just how the level of importance went, I guess. So, I call my father-in-law first and I'm like, what's going on? And he was like, uh, so, that girl that lives with you. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay. 
he was like, well, we saw some lights in your backyard and we didn't know what was going on. So we walked back there to check and there was this gray car. And I'm like, oh God, that's Charles's car. Like, Uh and so now I'm thinking in my head that something has happened to Jess and Charles. And he's like, well, I I pulled up just to make sure everything was okay. And I I noticed some people in the car. So I went to knock on the window to see what was going on. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I just want to let you know that, uh, the, the girl that you're living with, her and her her, her boyfriend were uh, doing some things in his car in your backyard. And I'm like, <laughs> we did so okay. much stuff in your yard. I don't even know, like, we fucking, there was a house there. And, then like, we did so much shit in your yard. I don't know why. I don't, I can't, I can't explain it. I don't, for, for, for context for listeners and for Ryan and Dougie, I lived with Amber for it was from a uh, like March ish 2013 to December 2013, and at this time that this happened, Charles he actually got his current car like October November 2013. So like <laughs> when this it had happened, to be October because I was already gone. Well, yeah, it had to be October. So he got it that same month that Amber got married. So, we were experimenting with the space in his new car at the time because he had just gotten as you, the car. As you, as, you, as, you, as you would, yes. Right. So, we, he had just gotten that car. So, we were, you know, we were seeing what kind of room there was in there to see what all we could do and shit. And then suddenly, like, this, you know, this guy comes up with, like, a flashlight and we're like, oh, shit, we got to put on our fucking pants. What's oh, going on God. right now? And it... It was it was Alan's dad, and we were like, "Well, this is embarrassing because we could have just as easily have done this in the house instead of in the fucking driveway." Yeah. Yet here we are. I guess I don't know. I mean, I mean, I was I was twenty two at the time. What 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 more should I say? I mean, I was a fucking kid. Like we've all been in compromising positions at the wrong time. I yeah. I mean, honestly, it made for a funny story to me because after I hung up the phone with my father-in-law, I had to look at my husband and be like, okay, this is why I have so many mixed calls from your father. It was a lot to live with Amber in those months following, for sure. There was a lot of drama. Uh, But to sidetrack or to go off on a different tangent i do want to tell you guys like i have you know i've mentioned it before i am an analyte i'm an analytics analytical analytics whore we are just under twelve thousand downloads right now oh no um, fucking way i think we're like 50 downloads from twelve thousand at the moment so oh that'll um, hit after this episode yeah and up. uh Last month, what was what was last month? September. September was, I think, our biggest in terms of downloads, our biggest episode since probably like early this year, like December, January, February area, where we had like the Princess Diana like upshoot mm. in downloads. Right. Um. So yeah, by just you know, I want to thank our listeners for. That's listening great. and downloading mm. 
Um, because it, this really has, last month was our, it's, it's been pretty much our biggest month in terms of downloads this year. Yeah. And we're in October. So, um, and it feels like we just made that post about hitting 11,000 downloads like yesterday. Yes. Yeah, so, it wasn't long ago. It's whole. No. And it almost feels like. Like we're bluffing or something, but he <laughs> <laughs> was just blagging so it. So I'm now. like, yeah. I'm at this point. I'm like, man, maybe we should start like doing a celebratory post every five thousand downloads. I guess because if we do it every thousand, then it's kind of like a little repetitive. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that's that's good. This season has been apparently very strong. Mm-hmm. Um. We are thankful for every single one of those downloads. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Absolutely. And now that we have told uh, Amber, Jess, Charles, Lore, and I've updated the listeners on our download numbers, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and uh, get to the conclusion. It is my turn, right? Correct, yeah. babe. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. I actually had no idea who it was today. <laughs> Okay, I, yeah, I, no, it's well, stress. you know what? I'm just going to go for it because I'm ready to go for it. Um, That's good. Okay, so, yeah. so this, God, I cannot believe we're at the end of the season already. Um, I last left off. Let's see. I've got all these, I've got all these notes. Um, I believe I left off with December 11th. Let me go ahead and say, in case for whatever reason this episode is the first time anyone has listened, we're just, we're talking about Casey, Kaylee, Anthony. Uh, I think I left off with my episode where December eleventh, two thousand eight, Roy Cronk, um, the he's kind of like a utility worker. He called in a fourth tip for police, which was the fourth since I think August of two thousand eight. Um, December 11th, he called in a fourth tip. They investigated the area again that he had called in about. And that time they had found skeletal remains of a small child less than a mile from the Anthony home. And the police obtained warrants to search the Anthony residence. Does that sound about? That's right. Yeah. Because I was pissed off that you left it on that cliffhanger. Yes. Okay. So, uh, December 12th, the very next day. Police, law enforcement, they say they're confident that those remains belong to Kaylee Anthony. Then a week later, December December 19th, it I've got December 19th and 20th because the dates were a little skewed. But between December 19th and 20th, 2008, the police announced that the, that the remains that they found do belong to Kaylee Anthony. Um... The bones showed no evidence of trauma and that her death was being ruled a homicide of undetermined means. The skull was found. Get ready, you guys. The skull was found with duct tape around the nose, mouth, and jaw area. What? Uh, That's not the worst part. Yeah. That's not... The The advanced state of decomposition ultimately prevented investigators from pinpointing an exact cause and date of death. Wow. So, you know, I, I thought a lot about my notes 
after my initial episode about this because I know in my initial episode that I had mentioned it was it was difficult for me to determine whether this was intentional or if it was just a dumb young mistake on Casey's part and I did I did do a lot of like inflection on that between episodes because I'm like Casey was super young when all of this happened. She was 19, 20, 21, something like that. And we all make mistakes. And I think I said that on my other episode. Mm. But the duct tape. Yeah. The duct tape around the mouth. You don't do that when someone is already dead. Yeah, that's not a... Yeah. That's not an accident. And if anyone is listening and listened to my first episode in this like little saga chronicle thing, whatever, um, I I almost want to recant that what I said. I mean, I knew like when I was presenting it, what I had found on this case, but I, I'm just someone, I always want to give people the benefit of the doubt because I'm not someone who believes that like 99% of people have the ability to just be through and through evil. I don't necessarily believe that people are evil because everyone has good and bad. It's just sometimes the bad always the good. I mean, it's the human. And you know, that's exactly, that's human nature. You want, if you are a person of somewhat sound mind and you, you know, think like a normal, decent, almost, you know, functioning human being, you don't want to expect that kind of right. the worst in someone like that, that kind of evil out of someone like that. Now, right. I do I do have a question. Were you going to mention anything else about the tape? Honestly, I haven't touched these notes since like months ago. I don't. Okay. I'll I'll get through the rest of these notes and then if you have any questions like you know I'll try to answer them I don't remember though Um, but I do just want to say that to listeners if anyone got it like slangily fucked up about what I said last time where you know I wasn't sure if it was an accident or because like like I said I'm a benefit of the doubt person I try to think of things from a logical standpoint and how things like probably most likely happened. And in this situation, it is difficult because I try to think from that perspective. And I also, I think I've mentioned this before, I try to think of this from an Occam's razor perspective Uh where it's the most likely or most probable solution is the solution. It's, you know, not shrouded in these conspiracy theories or it's, you know, what it appears to be probably is. Hmm. And I apply that theory to a lot of different situations and it just works. And, you know, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, I'm not someone who believes that there are people who are inherently evil. There's good and bad in everyone, yin and yang. I mean, even if you look at the most notorious, prolific serial killers or whoever, Richard Ramirez, Ted Bundy, what have you, it all traces back to something. Yeah. With, even with as erratic as Richard Ramirez was, I mean, he had 
he was an anomaly and that he did not have an MO, which was terrifying when profiling serial killers because most serial killers have an MO. They have a a standard or, you know, a routine, and he didn't, but he had childhood trauma. The anomaly with Ted Bundy was that he did not have childhood trauma, and then no one knew really where his problem stems from. So I think that when it comes to situations like this where people kill, I do think for the most part that it stems from something. I don't think that people are inherently evil. Um, which might strike a chord a little bit, maybe with our more religious listeners, which I can't imagine that there are many, but, uh, <laughs> for real, we have weeded them out at this point. Oh, oh yeah, yeah they absolutely. <laughs> but I, you know, and in, in many circles, like it, it might be controversial to say, but I don't, I don't believe that there are people, even serial killers that are inherently evil. I don't believe that Casey Anthony was inherently evil. There's, you know, like I said, good and bad. And sometimes the bad outweighs, outweighs. the good. Yeah. And I think that was the case here. So, um, anyway, moving on. I just wanted to address that because I know in my what I said in the last episode about her accidental, non-accidental may have been confusing. But, um, okay, so a month later, January 23rd, 2009, George Anthony wow George Anthony I drank a lot before this I just want to give you guys a heads up I recorded another podcast before this episode and I fucking yeah so anyway uh, (laughs) put it to you this way she (laughs) just called me bitch and she never calls me bitch unless she's Liddy yeah so I recorded another podcast before this one um and I need alcohol to do that one. So, um, January 23rd, 2009, George Anthony, Casey's dad, as you non-American, Ryan and Dougie, remember, um, he's taken into custody after a suicide attempt, Mm -hmm. and he is reported to be, quote, despondent and possibly under the influence of medication and alcohol, end quote, when he's located at a hotel. Hotel in Daytona Beach, and police also discovered a five-page suicide note. That's in depth. Then, yeah, yeah. There's not a whole lot of movement in the following months, but then <laughs> April thirteenth, two thousand nine, due to sufficient aggravating circumstances, prosecutors announced their intention to pursue the death penalty against Casey Anthony. Which I don't think I mentioned this this in my previous episode. Um, <clears throat> the death penalty is dependent, I believe, Amber, correct me if I'm wrong. It's dependent I'll try. on the state. So yes, Florida. Right Florida is notoriously a death penalty state, as Florida, well as Texas. You are going to die. Yeah. And in light of, oh, I'm I also sorry. want to clarify Which for is, the listeners because we left off, 
<laughs> I want to clarify for the listeners because we left off on a bit of a cliffhanger with me and the Brian Laundry shit last week. Uh, Wyoming is also a death state or death penalty state, but also um, the alert that I got last week, it ended up not being Brian Laundry. So there's that. Um, Which also, I just want to say, I find it so fucking hilarious that, like, in terms of your death penalty states, it's like Florida, Texas being like at the top tier, but Texas is all like, but don't get a fucking abortion. Shit. Fuck out of here with that mess. Mm. Fuck out of here with that mess. Anyway. I, I have thoughts on the death penalty. Maybe better safe for later, but, uh. No, it would. I. I, I could be wrong, but I feel like I read that, like, executing someone actually costs more because for taxpayers because uh, it than does to you. imprison someone for life. Yeah. Because it so, does, dear. That's why that. I'm personally against the death penalty. Just let them rot for the rest of their lives in jail, knowing for a fucking fact that they're not going anywhere. That's what I'm saying. Like, death is way too merciful of an option for these people. That's me. And that's where I'm at. I'm like, sit in fucking, depending on what the fuck you did, obviously, but sit in fucking solitary confinement by yourself. Get your fucking three meals a day. I'll pay the $2 for it. I don't give a fuck. And you know what's interesting? I actually, I joined this Facebook group in the last week or so about near-death experiences. And about... I'm not good with math, but <laughs> most of them that I have seen. That's what you and Ryan just... have in common. Exactly. Thank you, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> most people that have had near-death experiences, I mean, there are the the selective few who, you know, saw a light or saw their family members, whatever. But never got that for the for most me, but... part, people describe it as calm peaceful nothing just black just like being asleep without dreaming just that's it so that's another reason i'm like not all that pro death penalty because it's it's too merciful. I mean, I'm not. I just, I, I just feel like it's counterproductive. You can't say, "Oh, you killed someone, so we're gonna kill you." Like to me, the no. whole idea just seems fucking counterproductive. Just let them live in solitude if you have to do that. I know what that does emotionally to people, but still, not fucking, only depending that, on, but it's like depending on what the fuck they did. Like, just let them be in fucking solitude and by themselves. Until they give out. And it is what you just said. It's much, much, much cheaper to keep someone alive than it is to kill them. And I'll send you a video later. But some of the means that they have of actually executing people that are on death row is not all that fucking ethical. And it's not all that fucking much of a guarantee. You know what's fun? I read in the last couple of weeks because I was looking into the death penalty um, apparently Ted Bundy was terrified leading up to his execution, not, uh, you know, in the days, but in, in the hours leading up to him being executed, he was terrified. He met with a priest. Um, he was, Ironic. he was scared shitless pretty much. Um, which is just crazy. Um, 
I just will say that there have been executions in the United States that did not go fucking according to plan. Well, not only that, but I have a problem with the death penalty because they, the U.S. has a, you know, there's a big issue with giving people the death penalty without the proper evidence or there's, you know, a situ- there's situations where the person on death row, it hasn't necessarily been proven that they committed the crime that got them or on they've death already row. or they've already been executed and then evidence comes later to find that hey they shouldn't have been fucking executed yeah exactly. we don't we and don't need you know what we don't need the power to make that fucking decision i'm sorry i'm gonna go on a controversial limb here and say that i'm glad that scott peterson is getting resentenced in december and all of his that evidence may, was that may not mean a whole lot to you know dougie and ryan but um, that is a controversial opinion. I don't think that they provided enough evidence to convict Not <laughs> Scott Peterson beyond a reasonable Not doubt. Not physical. Um, so I, I am. You know what? And we might, we might get a bunch of hate and, you know, unfollowers for that opinion. But... It is what it is, and if you look at that case, then they did not prove, like, without a doubt, really, that he really, that really murder. look into. Yeah, so, like, and I know really I mentioned that on the first season. I think I think I mentioned that on the first season, but yeah, I yeah. am. You know, <clears throat> I do think he should be in prison. I think that whatever happened happened, but I don't think that he should have been put on death row without physical evidence of that crime. Yeah, anyway, yeah. If you really look into the on. Scott, yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll um, let it go. That's we'll, another we'll, episode for another day. We'll cover that episode in the future. Um, so moving on, back to Casey Anthony. We just wanted to emphasize that Florida is extremely, extremely death penalty driven. Um, Ted Bundy was executed in Florida, actually. Um, Florida is very, very death penalty. So... Just wanted to drive that home for you guys. <laughs> so going back to it, uh, let's see where are my notes. Where are my notes? Where are my notes? Okay. So um, following Kaylee's discovery or Kaylee's the, the remains, following that discovery, there was not a lot of movement in the case uh, because I. I presume, based on the amount of true crime I followed, that they were trying to keep a lot of it under wraps to hold on for the trial. But um, after April 2009, the next notable thing was in September. September 17th, 2009, Casey's defense team filed a motion to dismiss the murder charges against her because the state allegedly failed to preserve evidence in the case then the motion was denied which i assume i didn't um excuse me (coughs) i assume based on what i've watched and read about this case i'm like i said purely assumption but one of the things that i saw with this one was that Kaylee's remains were considered to be tampered with because Roy Cronk or the utility team that was with him or, you know, whoever found the remains actually handled the skull 
at the time that it was found. Um, whether it was, I, I don't, I don't remember, so I don't want to be, you know, misquoted here or anything like that. But it, it was either a situation where the skull was picked up by someone by hand, right. or it was, you know, picked up by a secondary object, like a stick or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the crime scene or the body, it was compromised. And this did play a major part in the trial. Because when you find something like that, when you find a body or evidence like that, and you touch it, you basically almost invalidate it. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know if that that particular circumstance had a play in this. I'm just assuming. I just remember seeing that on one of the documentaries I watched in my research. But um, after September 2009 for that situation, December 18th, 2009, the judge ruled that the death penalty was still on the table after Casey's defense team filed a motion to eliminate it. And... Just, just kind of a forewarning, the trial and hearings following the body being discovered, they were, they were pretty far between, few and far between, as it tends to be, like, when, when, you know, certain cases, they get to a point where they come to a head, at least here, I don't know, but when they come to a head and things start moving, we don't hear a lot about them. Not as much as when it first becomes, like, a thing publicly. So, after that, um, when they announced the death penalty was still on the table in December 2009. After that, April 6th, 2010, an inmate told police that Casey said she used to knock out Kaylee, perhaps with some kind of sedative... So she could go out at night. And this inmate also claimed that Casey knew details about her daughter's remains before the police made them public. Now, I'm not saying Casey Anthony is innocent by any stretch of the imagination. But if there are inmates that are known to kind of fraternize with an inmate of interest, per se, they may be offered a lesser sentence for whatever information they have. So this may be one of those situations where they approach someone that they knew to commonly fraternize with Casey Anthony and say, hey, we'll take this many years off your sentence if you can tell us this thing or this thing. So whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, and then in... About two weeks later, April 19th, 2010, the judge stepped down after Casey's defense. Um, They filed a motion accusing the judge of having inappropriate conversations with a writer who blogged about the case. (laughs) Judge Strickland, who was the judge, granted the motion because the, the accusation would generate renewed allegations of bias. He wrote, quote, at its core, defense's counsel's or defense counsel's motion accuses the undersigned of being a self-aggrandizing media hound. 
Indeed, the irony is rich, motion is granted. End quote. Judge Belvin Perry Jr. at the time is, appoint, is appointed to the case. <clears throat> and then just under a month later, Judge Perry allows the state to seek the death penalty against Casey Anthony. And then there's no movement. It's pretty quiet for a couple of months over the summer. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, August 14th, 2010, Cindy appears, Cindy Anthony, as you guys familiar, familiar, familiarly, familiar, holy shit, Jess, what's going on? Why is this word so hard for me? Familiar, fam familiarize. No, I'm going familiarity, 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 familiarity. <clears throat> that one's hard. Oh God, we're all dumb. We're all Ryan. Familiar. <laughs> <That's the wrong laughs> I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, August fourteenth, twenty ten. Casey's mom, Cindy Anthony, appears on the Today Show where she calls Casey a victim and also claims that she was not involved with whatever happened to Kaylee. And then. Even less movement until May 2011, almost a year later. The trial starts, and the prosecution's opening statement centered around Casey being a party girl with no use for a young daughter, as evidenced by the, the month spent shopping and drinking during Kaylee's absence. They state that Casey used duct tape to suffocate Kaylee. Now... For reference, for anyone listening or for anyone actively here, Amber, Ryan, Dougie, the prosecution is the team opposed to Casey Anthony. It's the side that's trying to prove that she killed Kaylee. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, on the flip side, the defense, <clears throat> which is Kaylee or Casey's team, they open up the trial by asserting that Kaylee accidentally drowned in the family pool and George helped Casey cover it up. And Casey's attorney, Jose Baez, a.k.a. Satan incarnate himself, he asserts that George Anthony also molested Casey. <laughs> um... I just accidentally hit a button on my fucking computer and lost my space. So, uh, <laughs> okay, here we are. Sorry. Um, anyway, basically, that man back. I'm back. I'm back. Jose Baez. I think I forgot to mention. I mentioned that he represented uh, Harvey Weinstein in my last episode. Mm -hmm. He also represented Amber. You may remember um, mm -hmm. Aaron Hernandez. Yep. He also represented George Zimmerman, who shot and killed yep. Trayvon Martin. So that's a thing. The man is um, literal evil. He is the devil incarnate. So um, he is. He asserted that George Anthony, Casey's dad, molested Casey, causing her to lie to cover up her pain. He admits... That Casey made up the story about Zenaida, Zanny the Nanny. Mm -hmm. And he also asserts that Roy Cronk, the utility worker who discovered the remains, 
possibly tampered or moved the remains, causing further suspicion that Roy Cronk had something to do with the murder. The prosecution called George Anthony as their first witness, and he denied sexually abusing Casey or helping her cover up Kaylee's death. Now, I just want to kind of drive home this situation with Casey and Jose Baez and George Anthony. When this happened, I don't even, no one saw this coming with Baez asserting that George had molested Casey. This, it, it absolutely seemed like an 11th hour last resort yeah. call for sympathy for Casey Anthony in this it's, situation. Like, no one, there had been no previous testimony about especially, George Anthony assaulting or molesting Casey during childhood until this point. It took everyone aback. Like... Like no, no one, one no one suspected or heard about any of this until the fucking trial. Especially no. when you put into consideration that Casey was even so fucking comfortable to have discussion with both her parents while she was incarcerated before the trial. Like she depended on them to make sure she got in contact with her boyfriend and you know all <sighs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to go off on a tangent. Go ahead, Jess. No, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's frustrating because it's like this it is. whole case it really is. is just, it's swirling around and Casey obviously had something to do with it. And then, you know, they get into court, they go to trial, and suddenly she spins this story about her father. I'm sorry for our listeners, for lack of, le- lack of better term, but she spins this story about her father raping her. As a child, I mean, and even her parents, because I think, and I could be wrong, I apologize for this, but I think that her parents were unwilling participants in whatever happened to Kaylee. I think that they know, maybe even, maybe even helped. I don't know. I don't want to point fingers, but I think at the very least that they knew what happened to Kaylee. But they felt torn because Casey was their daughter. And up until this point, you know, they had been trying to dilute or cover whatever Casey had done. And then suddenly Casey gets this high profile attorney and he comes out and he tells the jury, oh, by the way, George Anthony raped her when she was a child. I mean, the betrayal. Yeah. Like... I'm not, you know, I'm not canonizing George and Cindy Anthony by any means because if they knew about whatever happened, then by all means punish them. But on the same on the same side of it, if they helped but maybe didn't want to, but maybe did out of loyalty to their their child, their daughter, for her to come back and say I did this or I lied about this because my dad molested me. I mean, my God, like mm-hmm. it's crazy. And and I didn't <sighs> follow this trial minute by minute at the time that it was happening. But I know for a fact that 
when this came out, it, it threw was, everyone for a fucking loop. It threw everyone for a loop. It was groundbreaking. It was like, where did this come from? What? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? It really seemed like I will say, at least for me in real time, it seemed like a very last ditch effort to Absolutely. try and get some heat off of Casey. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you, as an attorney, no matter if your client is innocent or guilty, the job is to prove that they are innocent. And that's why this Casey Anthony trial is one of the reasons why, many reasons why, I think that Jose Baez is literally Satan. Like, I'm not religious. I don't believe in the the God, the devil shit. But... If evil exists, it's it him. exists in people like Jose Baez. Exactly. I completely, 1,000% second that motion. He wanted to win this case at whatever cost. Yeah. And he knew that if he played the side that Casey experienced some kind of trauma specifically sexual trauma as a child because she was a woman, then she would stand a better chance in the trial that she was facing. And let's get this straight. It's not necessarily because he would have made money off of her, but it was to prove a point that if he could get her off, he could get anyone off. And, and that you know would what? serve him longer in the long run yeah speaking of jose baez getting people off i'll get to that later um let's see <sighs> anyway i don't think i want to know that, that one no i don't, think that, I, that, like, I don't know if you can tell but this case this case frustrated a that. lot of fucking americans if you I'll, cannot tell i'll get into that later yeah. um but this is my conclusion episode so you'll have your most of your answers, not all, but when I get finished. Um, so it, within that same court session, the prosecution, they called George Anthony as their first witness, and he denied sexually abusing Casey or helping cover up Kaylee's death, which I feel, I hope I don't get flagged for saying it. I feel so bad for her parents. Um, if, if they I don't see how they didn't help cover it up, but if they really, truly didn't, I mean, imagine, like, your daughter being on trial for this, and then suddenly she comes out and is like, oh, by the way, my dad raped me, or molested me as a child. I mean, anyway. <sighs> Golly, no, I'm, I'm with you. I understand what you're trying um, to say. So, um, the next day... May 25th, 2011, a neighbor comes into court and testifies that around middle of June 2008, Casey and her boyfriend borrowed a shovel from him to dig up a bamboo shoot. And then May 26th, these, these next few days are going to move in pretty decent succession because by this point, the trial is well active and well in play. So it's not, there's not months in between. Um, May 26, 2011, a former boyfriend testified that Casey told, told him that her brother, Lee Anthony, had sexually groped her. 
Then George Anthony is called back to the witness stand where he says that he did not smell decomposition in Casey's car on June 24th and states that he put duct tape over a hole in one of the plastic gas cans that she had returned to him. May 27th, 2011. The tow truck company manager and George Anthony testified that the smell coming from Casey's car did smell like human decomposition. George Anthony again tells Jose Baez that he did not sexually assault Casey. The owner of the tow company testified that he had encountered multiple vehicles with dead bodies during his 30 years in the business and that the smell from Casey's car was consistent with those past experiences. Ugh. May 28th, 2011, Cindy Anthony, Casey's mom, testifies that they went swimming on June 16th and that Casey could get up the ladder, or I'm sorry, Kaylee could get up the ladder by herself. She also believed Casey worked at Universal Studios and had a babysitter named Zanny. A few days later, on May 31st, 2011, Cindy says her description of the smell in Casey's car was just a, quote, figure of speech, end quote. She states she found the pool ladder in the pool on the evening of June 16th. Now, if you guys remember from my introductory episode of this case, mm -hmm. Cindy Anthony had called the police when... Casey came home and they had retrieved the car from the impound and she told the police that it had smelled like a damn dead body had yeah. been in the car. Right. Okay. So at this point she's basically running it back and saying, uh, maybe I was being dramatic. <sighs> June 1st, 2011. The first officers to arrive at the Anthony home on July 16th testified that they did not smell human decomposition in Casey's car and admit they did not search the other two family cars. June 3rd, 2011. Investigators describe collection from Casey's car and one investigator states he did smell human decomposition. Which, you know... All these back and forth, I didn't smell it, I did smell it, I didn't smell it, I did smell it. I don't... I can gratefully say that I don't think that I have ever smelled human decomposition. I but I would derive that it is an unmistakable odor. It's, it's a stench that you that would stick in the back of your throat, I imagine. I, I feel like it's very, very specific. Yeah. I'm about to show my Southern right now. <laughs> I have helped my dad. My dad is very Southern. He hunts. He hunts for deer. If it's anything like deer composition... Because I imagine that, it's even different, even more. Yeah. I, and and I do, and I imagine it's different. And like, and I know with deer, at least, you know, even within the first like couple hours, especially whenever you're 
skinning the animal and like getting some of the, I mean, that smell alone is a different type of smell. You know that smell whenever you smell it. So I imagine if you have smelled human decomposition, it's once, very specific. You've smelled it for the yeah. rest of your life. It's yes. a smell that's yeah. not going to compare to anything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And like I said, I have fortunately never smelled it, but. Do you have coyotes? What is happening? What was that? Did you hear that, Amber? Yeah, no, I did. It sounded like fucking coyotes. No, I... For people who are listening and not watching, both Jeff and Andrew's and Amber have removed their headphones and then try, now trying to Amber, locate there's someone sound fighting outside. outside of the house. Okay, I'm looking. I'm looking, babe. I'm looking. Okay, so where were we? Um, we were talking about human decomposition. So yeah, in short, uh, I've never smelled a human decomposition, but I can kind of gather based on what I have read and you know, yeah. studied with true crime. It's very distinct. It's very specific. Um, so it's not really one of those either or situations from what i can understand no as soon as one person um, one person has smoked it it's there right so all this back and forth it's it's a little cryptic to me but um june 4th 2011 an fbi forensic scientist testified that the single hair removed from the trunk of casey's car or the family car that Casey was loaned was similar to a hair from Kaylee's hairbrush and had root banding consistent with that from a decomposing body, which I could be wrong. I will try to describe it as best as I can, but root banding is basically, it's what it sounds like. I mean, when someone dies and what's, you know, what's, coming out of their head is I mean you could even dead? Do it I was about <laughs> to say even if you can do it now if you pull your hair like as close to the root as you possibly can if you look closely at that end of the hair you're going to see like almost like a clear looking type of mm. like yeah. almost coating yeah. at the very right. end that's what they're right. talking about right. but there's a there's a state of when it's alive and when it's dead right Right. Yeah. So, um, June, sorry, I'm watching the ring video of me going outside in my linen shorts. Um, okay. So, um, two days later on June 6th, 2011, Dr. Vass of the Oak Ridge National Laboratory testified that he detected a high amount of chloroform and signs of human decomposition in the trunk of Casey's car. You guys, I'm, I just want to apologize throughout this. Casey and Kaylee's names are so interchangeable to me because they're so close in spelling. So if I trip up, I do apologize. I will try to immediately correct myself. Um, June 7th, the next day, FBI forensic chemist confirms that the chloroform residue in Casey's car, wait, 
Wait, he confirmed there was chloroform residue in Casey's uh-huh. car. But he also states that household... No! It scrolled, sorry. Household cleaning <laughs> products leave traces of chloroform. And a dog handler confirms that one of the dogs alerted to decomposition in the trunk, as well as in Kaylee's playhouse in the Anthony's backyard. This poor baby girl. I'm not, you guys know, I'm not even a kid person, but Mm. fuck. I'm not unsympathetic to children. Um, June 8th. This one is another one with the like kind of, kind of skewed dates. So I've got June 8th to June 9th, 2011. A second dog handler says his dog alerted to decomposition in the backyard. Computer analysts confirm a search for chloroform, quote, chloroform, end quote, on Casey's computer on March 17th, 2008, and, quote, how to make chloroform, end quote, on March 21st, 2008. Right. A software designer testified that someone searched chloroform, 84 times on March 21st, which this was later kind of like debunked as like kind of a bug kind of, I mean, it was searched, but not that many that times. Many times. Right, right, right. So, um, where was I? Other terms searched were head injuries, ruptured spleen, chest trauma and internal bleeding wow these searches occurred during the regular work hours of both george and cindy anthony meaning who else would be at home on the family computer mm-hmm. casey photos were shown of the remains and casey becomes ill and the jury was dismissed for the day June 10th, 2011, a medical examiner testified that she did not know how Kaylee died. Crime scene investigators described similar maggots found in the car trunk and at the crime scene. Yeah. Which I'll say, me and Amber talked about this before the episode, but also because it's recurring in this, in my notes, I find entomology fascinating absolutely fascinating same there is so much to be discerned from decomposition and bugs when it comes to human remains i just it's gross Mm. but it is absolutely intriguing it's beneficial and it is intriguing i mean (sighs) anyway June 15th, 2011, the defense filed a motion to acquit based on insufficient evidence of murder, and the judge denied the motion. A couple days later, on June 17th, 2011, a forensic entomologist, my hero, (laughs) states that if there was a body in the trunk, there should have been hundreds or thousands of blowflies trapped in the trunk as well. Right. I think I'm horny for entomologists now. That's fucked up. 
That's oh, wasn't a... that. No, no. The, the, I more mean, I, the more I hear and read about entomologists, I'm like, man, you guys are kind of hot. I mean, it's a thing to be horny about, I guess, if you're into that type Listen, of thing. Listen, I'm just saying, I think it really stems. I think it really took roots in CSI, Amber. I don't know. Did you watch the original CSI in Las Vegas? I ne- okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I never watched the original the CSI. Look, I was strictly a forensic files girl and only forensic files. That's all the fuck I watched no. all the fucking time. And the new detectives. Oh my All, god, that was my shit. I have literally, throughout this Brian Laundry nonsense, it's been so hard for me to focus on literally anything that I've been watching CSI. And I watched the original CSI with my mom when I was a kid. And like, CSI Las Vegas, it's not even called that, it's just CSI. But Gil Grissom, man. Is that Amber. the guy that would always make like those fucking punny... He's the original Horatio. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Like it CSI does. Miami Horatio with the cheesy, like, oh, sunglasses, like quippy, like pun before the title scene. Gil Grissom is the original Horatio, but. Like it yeah. was. <laughs> like it was one of those cheesy. The girl, it like it was it like, like the, super punny, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it looked like the girl committed suicide by jumping off of the thing, but she had I her guess glasses you could on. Call this a cliffhanger, and, yeah, yeah. On, well, I guess she didn't see this one. <laughs> yeah, one yeah. of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I've been, I can literally not focus on anything new right now. So I've been rewatching CSI, and that's my. Is that the one that like, had um, Abby? Yo, I, no, 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 no! I think you're thinking NCIS. That's NCIS. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Sorry. Oh I think well, if you mm. like those kind of shows, Dougie, CSI, that's the one. Shit. But yeah, I, I have been. I, I did watch that back in the day a little bit. I love CSI, and it's it's the only thing that I've been able to focus on the last like month since this like Brian Laundry like Gabby Petito shit because it's like I'm trying to watch CSI to kind of relate to the situation, <laughs> like. But yeah, I just Amber, if you, you need to watch that because Gil Grissom, big time entomologist, that's. The reason I even know what an entomologist is. So, um, go for it. Uh, June 22nd, 2011, an FBI forensic examiner said that shit, why do I keep fucking? He didn't say that. I just keep scrolling <laughs> on accident. Um, Shit, why do I, I keep fucking? <laughs> <laughs> An FBI forensic examiner says that there is no dirt from the crime scene that was found on the shoes at the Anthony home or on the neighbor's borrowed <clears throat> shovel. The FBI forensic toxologist found no toxins in the hair from Kaylee's skull. The FBI's forensic chemist examiner could not find traces of chloroform in the car. Wow, this is a lot. I don't remember this. This is a lot to take in. The FBI forensic... Forensics... S- oh, fuck, I shouldn't have drank so much before this. <laughs> the FBI forensics expert 
found no hair in the trunk liner showing signs of decomposition. She also testified that the duct tape at the crime scene was not like any duct tape in the Anthony home. June 23rd, the next day, 2011, an FBI hair and fiber expert said only one hair from the trunk had sign of decomposition or the, um, what was it called a minute ago? The, the banding, the, um, uh, root, fuck, the root banding, yeah, the root banding, banding yeah. yeah. Um, an expert in forensic toxicology testified that Dr. Vass's test lacked organization and planning and had minimal standards of quality control. He also mentioned that chloroform is a byproduct of chlorinated pool water, which, if you guys remember from my first episode, the Anthonys had a pool yeah. at their home. Around the same time, Cindy Anthony claimed she was the one who searched chloroform on the family computer. She also claimed the stain she found in the trunk was there when the family purchased the car eight years prior. So at this point, it looks like Cindy Anthony may be backtracking mm. to cover the tracks the of her daughter. Yeah. June 24th, 2011, Cindy Anthony is called to the stand again where she testifies that the latter was in the pool on June 16th when she returned home from work. The defense also showed a picture depicting Kaylee Anthony opening the sliding glass door on her own at home, which further feeds into the theory that possibly Kaylee Anthony opened the sliding glass door and managed to get in the pool on her own and drowned by accident. June 27th, 2011, the lead detective admitted cadaver dogs did not search inside the family home or in the other two vehicles at the Anthony's home. June 28th, George Anthony denied there was this whole thing about an affair George Anthony denied having an affair with Crystal Holloway, who claimed that George borrowed money from her and told her Kaylee's death was, quote, an accident that snowballed out of control, end quote. He admits to visiting her home and sending her a text message. Cindy denied sending the private investigator to search the site where Kaylee was eventually found. Her son, Lee Anthony, and the case's lead detective then testifies she did after speaking with a psychic. June 29th, 2011, George Anthony took the stand and told the court that Casey was the last one to see Kaylee alive. An expert on grief and trauma testified that pretending nothing happened and partying was one of many different ways people, especially young people, express grief. Which, as you guys remember from my first episode, when Kaylee was, quote, missing, end quote, Casey was out. Participating in hot body contests. <laughs> June 30th, 2011, the defense called Crystal Holloway, George's supposed mistress, um, 
they call her to the stand. And that same day, the Anthony family testified that their pets had been buried in the backyard, explaining the cadaver dogs alerting to the decomposition. July 1st, 2011. The prosecution presented records indicating that Cindy was at home, or I'm sorry, was at work during the time she claimed to have searched for the chloroform from home. Hmm. July 3rd. Closing arguments are made. Jose Baez, Casey Anthony's attorney, argues that no evidence was presented to prove that Casey conclusively murdered Kaylee Anthony. July 4th, 2011, the case goes to the jury. July 5th, after six weeks of testimony, more than 400 pieces of evidence and upwards of 11 hours of deliberation. Now, I want you guys to keep in mind, I don't know how that stuff works in Australia, UK, or whatever. Um, when it's a situation where it's pretty clear cut mm -hmm. that the defendant did something, typically did doesn't... It yeah, it typically doesn't take a super long time for a jury to agree. Uh, which also, for yeah. reference, for you guys, you non-Americans, um, all jurors have to arrive at the same conclusion, or else it results in a hung jury. So it it's a unanimous decision among what is it, Amber? Twelve people. 12. So all of them have to be in agreement on whatever they're, you know, what whatever they decide. If even one person doesn't want to go with whatever the other 11 decide, it could result in a hung jury. And typically, in a lot of cases where it's pretty clear cut that the defendant did something amiss it doesn't take the jury long to deliberate yeah. or make a decision no. so they deliberated for 11 hours on which this. is which a is lot. a pretty fucking long time mm -hmm. it's a lot it's a lot so after six weeks of testimony four well more than 400 pieces of evidence and at least 11 hours of deliberation, the jury acquits Casey Anthony of all felony charges. Yep. Relating to the murder of Kaylee Anthony. Wow. <sighs> they convict her of four misdemeanor charges of giving false information to law enforcement. I've got more notes, but I just want you guys to kind of um, marinate on that for a minute. Eleven hours of deliberation, and they acquit her for the murder of her toddler child. Yeah... Can I bring up something about the tape that you didn't mention? 
Go right ahead. Okay. And this is something that has always, always, always bothered me about this case. You know how Jess mentioned that Kaylee was found with tape over her nose, her mouth, her chin. Like it was basically just covering this area. There was a heart drawn on the tape. Ah. Like someone had went in with some type of marker or some type of pen or something and drew like a heart. Yeah. Over her mouth. And I don't know why, but that has always stuck with me. And it has always just like made me feel uneasy. I'm not even trying to be funny or, you know, wordplay shit like that. But it it's jarring. I like, I mean, like I'm not even trying to be funny because of the name of our podcast, but it literally it is. is. It is jarring. It is. Like another word, another word for it is disgusting. Yeah, disturbing and yeah. all it's of the egregious. things that would make you. It is. Yeah, it's egregious. Like that. That's the only word past disgusting and jarring and despicable that I can I can even you know hold this case to is egregious it is absolutely just the worst unimaginable pro- just grossly unimaginable like one of the worst things that could probably ever happen to a fucking child like it's yeah and you know like I said earlier I know I mentioned in my earlier episode that you know shit happens if you're young and you don't want a kid then you know something terrible is probably gonna happen whether hopefully you don't kill the kid but the kid at the very least will grow up unhappy and damaged and there will be a certain amount of trauma but with the introduction of the duct tape it just Mm. it changed things on such just an abysmal level for mm. this case. It's just she could have easily I say this, you know, pretty lax or leniently, but she could have easily gotten away with this if not for the duct tape. Which she did get away with this crime at at the heart of everything. But yeah. if not for the duct tape like I said before, you don't duct tape someone's mouth shut when they're already dead. Yeah. No. Yeah. I have, I've got some more notes on this, so I'll just go ahead and power through and then we can talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. But I just wanted to give the guys a moment to marinate on that because we, Amber, you and I, we lived through that. Yeah essentially real time yeah pretty Um, much because i had just graduated so so july 7th two days after the judge sentenced casey anthony to four years four years and a four thousand dollar fine for the four counts of lying to police due to time already served three years and good behavior her release date was set for 10 days after july 17th hey 
July 17th, 2011, Casey was released from jail. That's just fucking crazy. Just... I'm sorry. Um, not a whole lot of movement between when the time she was, or between between the time she was released and the next one or the next occurrence. But January twenty fifth, two thousand thirteen, about uh, bad with math, a year and a half later, Casey Anthony filed for bankruptcy. And um, I got a note here that Jose Baez also represented Weinstein, which I mentioned before. Um, that's essentially the end of my dated notes, but I do have a, some additional notes after the fact, not dated, but just some quote fun facts. So Dominic Casey, who was, uh, I apologize if, if I'm wrong. But I think that was maybe, I think that was the private investigator that was hired throughout the case. Dominic Casey, um, he later came out and he claimed in 2016 that because Casey was not employed during the trial, she paid Jose Baez, her lead defense attorney, in sexual favors and that she admitted to Baez to killing Kaylee and dumping her body. And Baez told Dominic that he hired him because he knew Casey dumped Kaylee's body somewhere and he wanted to find the body before anyone else. In a 2017 interview with the Associated Press, Casey Anthony said, quote, I don't give a shit about any what anyone thinks about me. I never will. I'm okay with myself. I sleep pretty good at night. End quote. <laughs> As of March 2020, a source says that Casey is writing a detailed and definitive account of her life and the tragedy of losing Kaylee and everything that followed. In December 2020, Casey launched a private investigation firm in Florida called Case Research and Consulting Services. Quote, she's not starting a company to get answers about Kaylee. That's a closed chapter in her life. End quote. Casey was also in the process of making a movie about her life in 2019, but announced in 2020 that the film was dead. Good. A source told People Magazine in October 2018 that Casey would like to have more children in the future. As of 2017, Casey was living in South Florida with Patrick McKenna, a private detective who worked as the lead detective on her case. McKenna is also known for his work on the O.J. Simpson case. And that's the story of Kaylee Anthony. Holy fucking shit. So. What a mindfuck. Yeah. And essentially, you know, I, I know this was, it was a lot to kind of stomach, especially if it's not really a case that you're familiar with before. But, um, it was, I don't even, I don't even know where to begin with that one. I mean... That was one of those that it seemed like it was so in the bag. Just open and shut. 
Did you mean to turn your camera off, Jess? <laughs> I actually didn't touch anything. Um, I don't your know audio sounds happening. good, though. I don't know what's happening. I haven't touched my computer at all. Oh, she's going back. Yeah, that's... Um... I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Um, yeah, you put it... I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's a mindfuck. I'm clicking <clears throat> things now. Um, just going back to with the duct tape and the love heart. To me, that almost seems like she was playing a game with the daughter and drew the love heart on as a, like, making a mask sort of thing. As to yeah, I never saw it that way. Just as a way I don't of know. The door, keeping the daughter calm like they're playing a game sort of thing. For, for, for me, it was... How it looked to me sort of thing. If, the for only, me, that's the only it logical was, thing I could think of. To, yeah. For, for me, it was that when you learned about the heart being drawn on the duct tape, especially right there at her mouth, like to me that was, at least in my opinion... It in seems my like a opinion. thing of regret for me. It's it, it, to me, it wasn't even a thing of regret. To me, it was a symbol of goodbye. I'm like, I love you, bye. That's just my opinion. And I wanna, I just wanna kind of backpedal to my first episode about this, where I mentioned that Casey did not want to keep Kaylee. When she was yeah. pregnant, she wanted to give her up for adoption and her parents were against that. And I, I just want to reiterate and drive that point home where if someone does not want to be a parent or if someone who is pregnant wants to give their child up for adoption, trust them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if it is someone like Casey Anthony who has been a pathological liar for their entire lives, trust them. Do not make them raise a child that they have verbally stated they do not want to raise. Mm -hmm. Because then it ends up in situations just like this. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, and I'm maybe pretty sure not, I, maybe not as extensive as murder. No, this this but, one's a bit extreme, but it would be It's not it's not out of the realm of possibilities. And I'm pretty sure I said that at your first episode yeah, you because did. that was right when Texas passed their bullshit. Yeah. Like don't like Don't when make you, someone raise a kid they don't want to fucking raise because then you end up with shit like when Casey you take, Anthony. Exactly. When you take away options, you leave more room for tragedies like this to happen. Yeah. It's just, it's it's just, it, this is just this whole case. It's it's insane. It's absolutely crazy. And the whole reason or the main reason that Casey did not pay for this crime is because the prosecution could not prove conclusively how Kaylee died. There was not like an official, this is what happened. This is, 
there was not an official cause of death. So without an official cause of death, it's hard to say, oh, this person is responsible for this happening because this is how they died without having the this is how they died yeah. part because mm. they didn't know. They couldn't say for certain what killed Kaylee. That was a that was a big, big thing with this case is. I mean, they, they just didn't know exactly what killed her. So it's it's hard to pin this on someone when you don't know how they even died to begin with. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's why, which on the surface when I began covering this, you know, I I did have questions from people about, oh, well, how is that an unsolved mystery? The unsolved mystery is that we don't know how Kaylee Anthony died. How she died, yeah. Therefore, we don't have a conclusive answer on who killed her, even though 99% of America would agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We know who killed her. Yeah. We just don't know what was the death shot. So. <sighs> wow. Good job, Jess. Yeah. Mm. I hate was Florida, me. man. I hate fucking Florida. Dude, I don't give Florida. a fuck. I don't give a fuck if you're listening and you're from Florida. I want to go down there myself and take a fucking hacksaw and just fucking saw your shit off and send you off into the fucking ocean. Like, you guys are fucking annoying. It's always the worst people that come out of Florida. Literally the dick of America. Literally. Like... I am so sorry if you are a dedicated listener and you're listening from Florida, but my God, move somewhere else because Florida fucking sucks. It's the worst people in Florida. Fucking Ted Bundy got electrocuted there. Fucking George Zimmerman. Who else is there, Amber? Casey Anthony. Brian Brian Laundrie. Currently. Florida is the worst. Now I'm going to say right now to anyone listening to this, because like the Jose Baez aspect of it all, uh, even Jose Baez said he wasn't going to represent Brian Laundrie. So there's that. This man got Casey Anthony off. Literally. (laughs) Oh God. God. Wait, was that not in my notes? Yeah. It was. You already mentioned it. I went through them so fast. You did. Um, but yeah, Casey Anthony was essentially broke at the time of the tra- trial. So um, Dominic, Casey, Dominic Casey claims that he once saw Casey Anthony naked in Jose Bias's office. So... Mm. And what's funny is I actually saw a TikTok like a couple weeks ago of Casey Anthony out at a bar. Oh, yeah. And it came out a couple months ago that she had actually called the police on someone because they threw a drink at her at a bar. What do you expect, bitch? But this one, (laughs) I know she's got these, these tandem passions of photography and 
private investigatory stuff. So there was this one TikTok like a week or two back where she was at a bar. It, it seemed like she was working maybe a photo shoot or like the person in the TikTok was her subject for the photo shoot. And I'm just like, man, bitch, you're really living your fucking life while everyone's looking at Brian Laundry right now, huh? <laughs> like, you're just fucking... <laughs> oh, finally, yeah. everyone's not everyone's looking not at me. Looking at... I can finally go out and live my life. I mean, imagine, imagine you suspect your spouse cheating or like something is just amiss in general in your day-to-day life. And you're like, I need a public or a private investigator and you Google them and you find one that seems like legit. And then you call them, set up an appointment and go meet them. And it's fucking Casey Anthony. <sighs> I would punch her in the face. I would punch her in the face. And that's going to be it for us at Jarred tonight, folks. Yeah. So uh, before Casey Anthony sues me for inflicting for violence. For real, that's what I'm trying to prevent. It's going to go one way, isn't it? You can, anyway. fi- you can, you, you can find all our information at jarredpodcast.com. Find all of our socials or our Twitter, our Instagrams. Leave us a voicemail. Go buy some fucking merch. Sign up for our Patreon that we're going to be reimbursing. Yeah, reimbursing you for. Yeah. Reimbursing. <laughs> reimbursing. <laughs> oh, I don't know shit. how to do this. I was just trying to cut you off before you got us sued. <laughs> Amber, I've gotten Brian laundry tea whenever we finish. Okay. Okay, okay we'll see you guys next, next week. week guys. Refunds coming in yep. soon. Bye. 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 <laughs>